This is episode 537 of the AWS podcast, released on July 20th, 2022. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lashir here with you, and this is a very special series called Right Now at AWS. Hosted by Adi Doptus, it's a special series focusing on enterprises across industries. We hope you enjoy it. This is Right Now at AWS, the podcast series that surfaces patterns, best practices, and successful solutions across every imaginable industry. I'm your host, Katie Daftis. Data-driven media and entertainment companies are on a journey to know their in-house data and apply those insights across the business for better products, services, and operations. And increasingly, they're going even further, according to IDC, with 75% of enterprises now using new external data sources to enhance their decision-making. For example, leveraging third-party data to find trends that inform licensing, casting, and marketing decisions. But integrating third-party data comes with challenges like several vendors and various integration methods that result in data professionals spending an estimated 50% of their time on operational execution rather than value-add work. So today, Harry Lin, AWS Data Exchange Business Development Specialist for M&E, is here to talk about emerging data use cases and strategies to simplify data integration into workflows. Harry, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Katie. Happy to be it. So tell us, what are cutting-edge data integration use cases in M&E? Sure. There are, uh, there are a few that come to mind. I, I think I might focus on three of them. So one of them is that you can use M&E data uh, third-party data to inform content decisions. So these are actual decisions around like making TV shows and movies and streaming series. You can use this M&E data if you analyze it in really interesting ways to help inform your casting decisions, even your story and narrative decisions, and certainly things like formats, like should it be a series? Should it be a movie? Um, a second one is that we know a lot of customers are licensing M&E data to uh, improve certain key aspects of their streaming business, because streaming is the future, right? Streaming is, uh, streaming is eating everything. And in the streaming battles, one of the biggest challenges that all the platforms have is fighting customer churn, right? So this is when someone subscribes for the free trial and then binges the series they want, and then they cancel their free trial, right? So reducing customer churn is uh, I would almost say like one of the number one priorities of all the streaming platforms and analyzing M&E data can help you combat that. Uh, and then the third interesting use case that, that came to mind is um, M&E data is classified as alternative data in other industries, specifically FSI and government analysis, sorry, FSI jargon, financial services. So you have hedge funds and investment banks they analyze uh, this quote-unquote alternative data to help inform their investment decisions, right? Do you want to uh, advise, buy, sell, or hold Disney stock? Well, obviously, you look at Disney's financials, but you also want to look at alternative data around movies, TV, streaming, park attendance. Um, and so data can be used that way. We also know uh, there's a government agency licensing data, and they're looking at box office grosses to help inform analysis around recessions around the world, economic recessions. So I just find that really fascinating that uh, buying tickets at the box office helps some government analysts figure out how recessions are doing. 
That is really interesting. And I think the latter use case that you said actually makes a lot of sense. I think that you can glean a lot of information about people's discretionary spending and you know apply that on a macro level. And the first use case you talked about content, decision-making, and casting. That also makes a ton of sense. But I was a little bit curious and wanted to double-click on the churn. So how can third-party media and entertainment data help media entertainment companies understand churn or prevent churn for their platforms? Right, right. So yeah, that's a, let's dive a little bit deeper on that. So the analysis would, uh, it's not just one third-party data set that's going to give you all the insights you need if you run uh, a streaming platform, right? So you, you're also looking at a lot of your own first-party data. You know, when do people sign up? What did they sign up? What did they watch? When did they um, cancel their membership, obviously? But the third-party data you're adding is things like subgenres so that you can associate what they watched on your platform with like other content. So for example, you know, gut instinct might tell you that if you binged uh, Lord of the Rings, you might also like Stranger Things, or maybe your gut doesn't tell you that. But you know what I'm saying is that gut instinct tells you things, but data, metadata around titles, properties can actually give you some science around that and you can crunch it at at scale right so you can look at every tv series genre and subgenre every movie genre and subgenre see what they're consuming see what they browsed on and then that can help make decisions around well what should i promote what should i license should i buy more darkly themed sci-fi movies uh should i buy nordic detective thrillers you know content is sliced so thinly now right? It's so micro-targeted, but that is, that's the, that's the beauty of streaming. But to be able to figure out what do people want, that's what you need this third-party metadata for. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And that is super interesting. I really think that the power in that is pretty vast. So obviously you're assessing and knowing certain things about your customer based on their usage on your platform, and then adding those elements to enhance those insights and to really put... Yeah, like you said, science behind some of your instincts. And pretty soon, I think you could find out that your instincts could be kind of wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, instincts only go so far. And your instinct doesn't really tell you that I liked these five movies I watched on your platform because of what? Did they have the director in common? Certain overlaps in the cast? Or maybe it's the genre. The metadata that's available to license has such finely sliced genre and other attributes that when you crunch that and analyze it at scale, you can basically augment, I'll say, your instinct. And then you can go, ah, Harry Lynn liked these five movies for these reasons, to keep him on my service and to prevent him from canceling his subscription. I need to give him more movies that have these things in common. Can you help frame the challenge for two types of customers? First, those customers who are already using third-party data and have pain points. And then second, customers who see the value but have not integrated external data into their workflows. There's definitely a pain point that for both of them, that's really universal. So I I have to mention that. Um, And this is very unique. Well, I think it's fairly unique to the M&E space. And that is uh, title matching or identity resolution. Um, what this really means is that when you have something that says, this is Avengers Endgame, how do you know that that's the Avengers Endgame you want? It sounds like a weird existential philosophical question. But that's what, when everything's boiled down to data, you actually have to know which one is the real one. 
or or I should really say, which one is the one you're interested in? And what do I mean by that? Well, there's Avengers Endgame theatrical cut, and there's also Avengers Endgame theatrical cut for United States versus theatrical cut for Shanghai, China. There's also the version for Airplane. There's also the version for cable TV. There's also the one for Disney Plus streaming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you can see now that there can be, oh my gosh, 50 different real versions of Avengers Endgame. And so if you're in this industry and your business is to manipulate, distribute, market, house, stream, et cetera, Avengers Endgame, you can see where the challenge comes in is I have all these, I have all these catalogs, I have all these libraries that say this is Avengers Endgame, but I need to know which one. You need a source of truth for that. And there are certain data sets that are, um, are very good at, at doing that, at sort of deduping and matching so that you know, ah, this entry of Avengers Endgame is the HD Australian streaming version that I'm looking for. It's, it's, a, it's a really gnarly problem that's really unique to the M&E space, but I can guarantee you it's universal. All companies have to deal with this. Now, you also asked about what, are, what about companies that don't actually use any third-party data. Well, I think there's a, a few challenges there. One is that you got to figure out what the value is, right? It might not be obvious if you're not already ingesting and manipulating third-party data. It's like, why do you want to do this? And I think everything we've been talking about for the last few minutes kind of explains why there's value in third-party data, that just looking at your own first-party data is not going to give you enough insights and, and, and actions. Uh, but of course, then there's also really, it's kind of the technical aspect. If, uh, if you're only used to using your own data when you suddenly introduce i'm gonna i'm gonna license and ingest you know export and manipulate a third-party data uh, that's a whole nother um set of workflows right and uh it might involve etl you know the the dreaded etl when it comes to data uh the beauty of aws data exchange now here's where harry gives a plug for where i work is that we help simplify all of that um, if you if you license the data from AWS Data Exchange, the ETL becomes easier and in some cases actually non-existent, which basically shrinks the time to value of you licensing the, the third, third-party data and then actually using it. Got it. So the first challenge, I think, was that universal use case that's not emerging, but that's just persistent because it's so difficult. Um, so that's something that a lot of media and entertainment companies are trying to solve for. And then secondly, you were talking about how AWS Data Exchange can help customers who are having those integration challenges, who you know see the value, but it, it can be kind of tough. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because you're only used to using your own data. So now you have to figure out what to do and how to do with this, uh, these third-party data sets. Okay, so diving into your little plug a little deeper, <laughs> what are some tangible ways AWS can help these customers? Yes, great, thank you. So AWS Data Exchange, uh, we are a marketplace for third-party data sets. So companies that sell data, licensed data, put up their products on ADX, sorry, ADX Data Exchange, and then companies that want to license or subscribe to those data sets come onto our marketplace and they can, and they can buy them and, and receive them that way. That's essentially what data exchange is. An important aspect of data exchange is that all of our data providers, all of the companies selling data, they're human curated, they're vetted, all right? So it's not like just uh, Joe Blow who has been scraping the web and coming up with data sets that now he says he can relicense, he can't come on and sell his stuff. And so if you find a data set and a data provider on data exchange, you know that uh, they're bona fide. You know that the data is of a certain good quality. And very importantly, you know they have the right 
to license that data to you. Another thing is that um, given that it's an AWS marketplace, it's very easy to browse and search. Finding third-party data, if you know, if you're just going to start, say, with Google and just start typing in keywords, good luck. You're going to be on Google for hours and days looking for stuff. But Data Exchange, given again that it's a AWS marketplace, we have all of that cataloged and presented very clearly. You can also go to profile pages of the providers. So we have more than 300 different companies offering their data sets on Data Exchange, and you can you know you can look them up. You can contact them directly, and then if you actually buy the data from Data Exchange, basically we've streamlined and helped make more efficient acquiring the data, making sure you're entitled to it, and then exporting it later to any kind of workflow or environment you want to. The last thing I'll mention, and this is more of an AWS-wide benefit versus just a data exchange benefit, we have account managers, thousands of account managers, solution architects, and pro-serve consultants. And those very good, smart experts can help a customer with third-party data integration. Um, even pretty high-level stuff like, great, I know how to ingest and store this third-party data that I'm licensing, but I don't know how to do like certain kinds of machine learning analysis on it, right? Well, the people I just mentioned at AWS, they can be deployed to you to help you figure that out. Can you share customer examples that can help others learn best practices? Yeah, I'll mention a few. Uh, and in my examples, I've, all the providers, it's IMDB, the Internet Movie Database, where the, where the third-party data is coming from. They are a very active provider of third-party data, M&E data, on data exchange. There's a major streaming platform that licenses IMDB's title metadata. And the use case is they're, they're using it to reduce that subscriber churn that we talked about um, at the top of our conversation. So what they're doing is they're looking at all the granular metadata around genre and location, languages spoken, who's cast in it, on all of the titles they have on their service, looking at that, comparing that, to their first party data of what titles are being watched, what titles are being watch listed on their service, what titles are being browsed heavily. And then they're drawing these interesting inferences. And they're saying things like, hmm, for whatever reasons, our customers seem to like teen young adult rom-coms. I'm kind of making up something, right? So this streaming company is using the IMDb data set and their first party data set to draw these inferences to figure out what should they double down on. Another one, this is a different streaming platform. They're using it for a very specific use case, which I think is fascinating. They're using it for what they call out-of-catalog search results. So what does out-of-catalog search results mean? I think you all can relate to this. You've all done this. You've logged on to your favorite streaming service, and you've searched for a movie or TV show. But that streaming service doesn't have it, right? So you're looking up, I don't know, The Matrix. And the matrix isn't on that streaming service. They will, of course, show you on the screen all these other movies that they want you to watch that they do have on your service. So that's what I mean by out of catalog search results. Why is this so important? It is so important because it turns out that the results that the streaming service shows you when they don't have the title you searched for can kind of make or break whether you're going to spend a lot more time on it. Uh, it could turn a five-minute interaction on the service from five minutes because you were disappointed. You couldn't find what you wanted. It could turn it into a five-hour session where you're just binging and streaming and binging and streaming because of all the things they do have that, oh, my God, it turns out I loved. 
being able to really figure out which titles I have on my service that I should show you when you search actually for something else is really critical to keeping you satisfied. It keeps you on the service. And satisfaction is uh, one of the KPIs of reducing churn. And then the other use case I'll mention, because it's extremely common among customers, I'm, I'm very aware of, is pay TV companies, so like think cable companies, right, uh, around the world. They're licensing IMDb title metadata as a source of truth catalog. So this goes back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, where if you are a pay TV company and you get a TV series from the original studio, you have the right now to broadcast it out to all of your cable subscribers. That comes with metadata, like the director, the running time, the cast, et cetera. But that metadata was provided by the studio. It may or may not be accurate. And it may also won't match the other metadata for the same series that you're offering on your VOD platform, because your VOD platform might offer a different version than your cable customers get. And so now you can see again, we're back to this whole, it's like, what is really the right entry and the right metadata for this TV series that I'm trying to offer on my two different uh, sets of customers. And so the IMDb data acts, the one, the licensing the IMDb data, it acts as a source of truth. So it's, it, it's kind of a, like a real nuts and bolts use case, but it's again, very incredibly important to the operation of a pay TV and VOD company. Those are some really cool examples. And if someone wants to learn more, what can they do? If they want to learn more about integrating data, where can they go? Sure. The best thing to do is visit the homepage of AWS Data Exchange. Uh, And I will say the URL, which is always fun when you're doing it verbally. It is aws.amazon.com forward slash data dash exchange. And on that homepage, they will find the catalog of all the thousands of data sets available for licensing. And they can also very easily browse and search for the 300 data providers, the companies that are selling data. They can they can find that there as well. And also, if anyone just wants to reach me personally, uh, I, I'm Harry Lynn on LinkedIn. Just look for the Harry Lynn with AWS. And we can add the link to AWS Data Exchange in the show note. Harry, thank you so much for taking the time today. Katie, uh, my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> 